Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We are back with another episode of the Talk On Podcast. And Liverpool are coming off a 2-0 victory against Newcastle. By the way, if you haven't heard the match reaction for that, you definitely need to go... And listen, it's you know just five guys having a good time in the pub after the game, so make sure you go ahead and listen to that. And on that pod was Brian Painter, who we have here tonight. Painter, what's going on? What's up, buddy? <laughs> good scenes Love over it. there in New York? Yeah, good scenes, and uh, that led into, after we did the post-match reaction with uh, plenty of uh, libations, we uh, proceeded that to uh, go into the uh, John Barnes and Peter, uh, Stevie Nickel, Peter Nickel, Stevie Nickel, um, uh, event that night where uh, we all got to hang out with uh, Stevie and John and uh, have some more libations, take some pictures, sign some autographs, hear some great stories about the, about the Liverpool legends. It was a fantastic day. Yeah, it looked like a good time. Some great pictures that you got there. And also we have on tonight Jeffrey Hallett. Jeff, what's going on, brother? Uh, doing great and jealous officially that I wasn't at the Irish American for this one. I mean, it's, you really have to give it a listen. It is awesome. Good analysis. Plus, they do shots right in the middle of it. Like, <laughs> what more do you what more do you want? From well, that me? was that was the infamous Tyler Viler that was uh, pumping us full of shots during the uh, during the uh, forty five minutes or so that we were at the table doing the pot. <laughs> top man, top man. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the pitchers that flowed throughout the game. I mean, that was that was all in addition to that. <laughs> Painter, you got to get a glass of whiskey with some honey next to you, man. That'll that'll ease the throat up a little bit. I know you've been sick recently, so yeah, gotta yeah, get that. That that was my uh, medicine for, you know, I guess a month ago when I was going through it, and it helped, helped quite a bit. So back to normal. And Liverpool back to winning ways. We hope again tomorrow. We're going to briefly mention Porto. But before we go ahead and get into Liverpool and some of their future fixtures, let's go ahead and get to Jeffrey because Jeff has got some news for the podcast. Jeffrey, what do you got? <laughs> Liverpool headlines, to be clear, not Jeff headlines necessarily. But we, every week, are pulling out the three most interesting headlines from Twitter, from the Internet, uh, that would concern anybody following Liverpool. So the first, and I'm sure all of us will have a good chuckle on this, uh, Tiara Henry and the famed Gary Neville talking about Oxlade-Chamberlain. I still don't know what he's good at, was the quote. And uh, Ox fired back. They look a little bit stupid or they sound a little bit stupid for former guys they played with to say something like that. Uh, Ox largely took the high road, as he usually does. He's uh, pretty adept with the media, but he's very confident in his abilities. Uh, this kind of pairs with similar journalism from, say, James Pierce that likes to talk about Ox struggling in Klopp's lineup and has only come good as of late. Guys, what do we think about this? Because uh, I, I could state my opinion. It's almost obvious in how I'm delivering the news. Why don't we go to you, Painter, first? You know, I, 
I think Ox has been playing great, so I have nothing. I, I don't know where Tian Ri is getting his his news because <laughs> because if you watch the game, Ox was arguably the man of the match. I think he did get the uh, the Sky Sportsman of the match. He was fantastic. I mean, his assist bombing through the middle of the park, handing uh, you know kicking it off to uh, to Sala for the first goal. I thought he was excellent, and I think he's really starting to come into his own. Uh, and play that central midfield spot like like he said he could. Uh, when he came from Arsenal, he said, I want to play central midfield. And Klopp says, fine, you're going to play central midfield. And it took him a little while to get up to speed. But, you know, these last handful of games and and hopefully uh, it continues. But, man, I think he's been I think he's been really good. Now, you could argue he needs more goal production playing, you know, the furthest forward uh, in the midfield. But, you know, a, an assist to a, to Salah or to Mane or to whoever – Works just the same. I, I don't know where I don't know where Thierry's getting it. I thought he played excellent. The thing with Ox is that you can tell he feels more comfortable, not just because he's in that center mid role and that's where he wants to play, but you know he's he's at Liverpool club that he chose to be at, and I, whatever drama there was from the previous club, or you know him going in to each week thinking, oh maybe I'll be playing left wing back or right wing back. Um, the the headaches with all the you know, Wenger in, Wenger out talk and just kind of the, the, the chaos that was going on, you know, behind closed doors at Arsenal. You, you think, um, you know, as, as a neutral or, you know, as, as any fan, it seems like they would, they would be able to see that. So uh, I think the fact that he is now at Liverpool and sort of settled and and has that mindset of this is where I want to play going forward. I, I, it's coming out in his game. He, He clearly knows that the manager chose him and wanted him to be there uh, it's in a position that he likes, and so I think we're noticing and seeing a little bit more of the Ox that we want to see, uh, and, and it's because he's feeling a lot more comfortable on and off the pitch. Uh, as well, I mean, you got to give Klopp some credit here. It's it's no shot against Wenger because Wenger is one of the most accomplished managers in the game right now. He, he revolutionized you know football in England and. I just you kind of feel like it's pa- it's past his time, and he, it's a, it's almost like it's not this simple, but in simple terms, it's kind of just a genera- generational gap. It feels like where he's just too old school for kind of the, the new way of how things are going and moving, and and uh, for whatever reason, he may have just not connected with Ox there, and 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 Klopp seems to do that a lot better, and is getting the best out of him. So I think it's just a mix of a lot of different good ingredients that that's making the the, the final outcome. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And this makes me think that Oxlade Chamberlain is sort of in line to be the second most underappreciated asset to Bobby on Liverpool's side, because uh, you know I I think we all see his pressing ability, his ability to draw defenders, his skill going forward, his speed. Uh, so yeah, it, and talking about how he is learning so much from Salah, for instance. So yeah, there's. Nothing but good things, I think, to come from uh, Ox and. It's well, I, I also, I, I also think Jeff, Jeff. I also liked how he basically fired back at Thierry Henry today too, as well. And he was like, I, I thought that, you know, I thought that took some guts. I mean, he's he's firing back at arguably one of the best strikers ever to play in the Premier League. <laughs> and it's not just firing back. It's like the, I feel like whenever he speaks, he has a lot of confidence about him. You can definitely see him having a future, being a pundit. You know. But just, yeah. you know, in any one of his interviews, how he backed up Phil when he first got here, 
you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can be a leader. And I think he is one, you know, whether it's, yeah. you know, without being one of maybe the better players on the team, even though he's, he's had a, a really nice start with us, he's showing leadership qualities that, you know, I don't think our team has enough of. And, you know, it gets the fans on his side as well. You know, he's, he's been an overall really good signing. So. Yep. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next headline. So from Klopp's presser in the preview press conference for Porto, he continues to talk about what every supporter would want him to say. And that is not letting up today. It was beware of the backlash from Porto. Porto is not coming for a layup sort of contest. Uh, they're in an elimination game and he warns of the fears of complacency and it's putting pressure on him to manage rotation smartly. He's got a five nil lead and he keeps week to week talking about no letting up with the stretch run, uh, no letting up in champions league. doesn't matter the schedule. doesn't matter the opponent. He wants Liverpool to extract the best out of them every week. And, you know, Big credit to Klopp for calling it out. Uh, it's stuff we didn't necessarily hear last year, week to week, and I think you're going to see the benefits for it on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest though. Like, he's resting players, and and when I say resting players, it's not like he's bringing in uh, the the folks he had last season. Nothing against, uh, you know, the, the the squad that we had last year, but. The squad that he's rotating is arguably a like-for-like like with Gomez and Trent, right? And a like-for-like like with Moreno and um, and Robertson. Uh, you know, in midfield, what does he bring in? Milner, who's been playing lights out. He brings in Genie, who's been – No, but you that's know, your three changes right there. So, But I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's not bringing in – in, you know nothing. Nothing against the the squad that we had last year, but it was threadbare. And this year, he's his subs are like Lalana and Milner and Genie. Like it's not like he's bringing in shit. Like well, I'm on your through. side here. No, no yeah. I, I think he should. Like it's it's amazing that these are our subs that that we're bringing onto the pitch. What I'm saying is that you know he he came out and saying you know I, we're we're you know it's a strong game. We're at home. We don't want to rest players. Maybe we'll make one, two, three changes. It's not like I'm glad we have these subs. That's why I don't get why he's only saying maybe I'll sub one, two, or three people. I mean, listen, I get it. It's, uh, you know, round of 16 Champions League home game. What is it? We haven't had one of them in something like nine years or, or whatever it was. It, it's a big game. But when you have a 5 no win and the league is that the top four race is still up for grabs and, and this United game is crucial coming up, I would – May, I would be okay with him making six, seven changes. No problem with with what we I have. Think he, I think, but Joey, I think he will. I, I think Lalana's coming in. I think Ings is going to get a game. I think you 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 could argue Klein gets a game. And Listen, Gomez I hope he does. Back. He just like, come I out mean, and it's... said that he doesn't. He isn't going to. Like he came out, and hopefully that's just covering the team or making people feel confident going to the game. Whatever it is, maybe it's a tactic. But like he's come out and said. You know we're gonna field a strong team. I don't. I don't see us making more than one, two, or three changes, and that's the problem that I have with it. If in fact, you know, we see when we play Porto he, that he doesn't make that many changes. He's full of shit. I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I think. I think he's bringing in, you know, five or six changes, but it's all gonna be five or six first teamers. If that makes sense. Like, yep. like you could argue on on the day that 
you know, you're not that disappointed if Lalana gets a start. You're not that disappointed if Milner gets a start. Arguably, you're really excited if Milner gets a start the way he's playing. Moreno or Gomez, the players have said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, okay. So, like, if that's our starting team that comes out, I'm fine with that. Right. Even if you even if you put VVD on the bench and bring in Lavern Matip or Gomez, that's fine. Like, they're not going to ship five goals, and that's going to be a decent side. Uh, to go up against Porto. Porto's missing like six players right They're now. Missing They're, a lot. Starting They're missing their best player. Who will be available for tomorrow's match. So he, he's, he was on the bench for the last, and I'm forgetting who they played last week, but you, you can bet that he's starting their center Alex forward. Tillis? No, it's... It's their striker. Their Abubakar? Abubakar will probably be playing. Uh, there you go. But, oh, but like, Danilo's going to be gone. Morega, I th- the, arguably their, their player of the year is uh, Alex Teus, and he's their left back. He, he provides quality for them. Like, they're going to be missing five, maybe five players. So that's just even more of a reason, Painter, to your point, that he should be, re- like, not necessarily, like, I guess, yeah, resting players and bringing in those other players that you mentioned, which I would be completely okay with, if he actually makes a couple of changes. Like, maybe it's because he wants to just keep the momentum think, going, but, like, yeah. I don't know. I think you give. I think you give Lalana a game. I think you give Ings a game. I think you give, um, you know, you bring Gomez back in, Moreno back in. You're going to need Moreno if anything happens to Robertson. I know Robertson's been playing lights out, but what happens if you know, God forbid, he he does a hammy against United or something? You're going to need Moreno and these other players to be interested in, you know, and and have some game time. Yeah. I mean, Moreno hasn't played too many minutes, so you know, Klein you. What do you do with him? Like you've got him. I I might be tempted to bring Gomez inside and put Klein on the right wing and give Trent a Brett a rest. But I mean, my goodness, we have options uh, of first team footballers everywhere that you wouldn't be disappointed if they got a match. So I think he's I think he's playing a little coy, um, and I think he makes plenty of changes. One person I don't think he'll change <clears throat> is Mane. And I and the only reason I think Good he show. doesn't change, yeah, I don't think he changes Mane because Mane scored in the last game. He got a hat trick against Porto in the last, you know, last time they're out. He's starting to come into you know a good groove, and I don't think Klopp wants to sit him and get him out of his groove, uh, especially with United at the weekend. But I think the rest of the team, you know, especially the front line. I mean, Firmino should sit, Engzi should come in, uh, Salah, Salah could sit. Uh, just to rub him, uh, wrap him in bubble wrap and uh, preserve him for United. <laughs> but I mean, I think so. I, I think Mane gets a start. I think Salah comes out. I think Firmino comes out, and you give maybe Solanke and Ings uh, a run. I don't yeah, I'd know. like to I, see Woodburn get some minutes. I think that'd be cool. And then you know, the last thing I will say about it is that. Well, first of all, I mean, yeah, it would be good for Woodburn, just to, a young young player, to get these minutes in a game that that matters. But is is you know the the, the tie is pretty much wrapped up. Going going into the United game, you just I feel like you want to have your best players available. That's all. And you know, I, yep. I, I guess the last thing, sorry, Jeff, is that I'll say is it's it's okay sometimes because of the the fact that that Klopp has rotated a lot more this season than he did last season, and so. You would say that the players are a little bit more fresh than they would than they were at this point last season. I think we all remember the, the kind of January that we had. So, um, you know, I guess that's where you know you wouldn't be freaking out, right? You know, I want changes, but at the same time, it's like he's 
you know they they know better than we do and they've they've done a lot of rotation this year actually with the quality that we've had so yeah who knows yeah not to just to put a fine point on this i agree there's going to be multiple changes in that 11 for sure or six or more but the two that he's not changing are Karius and Van Dyke. Those two have to be in there. Van Dyke hasn't gotten the European football that, you know, say Liverpool have throughout Champions League, doesn't have World Cup, you know, has limited presence in the domestic cups. He needs more game time, more betting in time. I expect to see him on the pitch with Karius. Yeah, I mean, Karius better be starting every game for the rest of the season if he's healthy. Yeah, Karius is definitely starting. I'm, I don't think – I think you might be tempted to give Van Dyke a rest and, and go play – you know, maybe Gomez, uh, maybe you give Matip a, a, a run out. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Van Dyke doesn't start. Yeah. Um, but bet you a shot of JMO. How's that? <laughs> um, thanks, but I've had enough. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's move on to the final headline that also came from the presser and we'll get, get it back to you, Joey. So Klopp also on the subject of personnel talked about, uh, Removing the shackles, uh, removing the leash from Adam Lallana. <laughs> Let me say that again. Klopp talked about removing the leash from Adam Lallana. So Adam, to our earlier point, likely getting the start. Uh, Klopp talked about Adam is very important for us. Yes, there's competition, but with Adam, that's usually not a problem for him. He only needs time. This is, needless to say, a very important game for Lallana if he wants to feature through the balance of the season, certainly in Champions League. It's good to see him come back and get some minutes under his belt. He, he clearly needs some more. The, you know, he's, he is an important player to Liverpool when he plays. He's just one of those, you, just, you can't shy away from the topic, is that he's just injured so often. And so... You know, it's it's always a plus when he's in the side because the energy he brings. And, uh, you know, he, he does, especially now that Phil's gone, does bring a little bit of silkiness, you know, that we sometimes don't always have in our midfield. Uh, but, you know, everything just seems like a plus right now with him. We've been flying without him. Uh, you know, it's great when he comes in and plays, whether he starts or he doesn't. Uh, but we're not relying on him to, to really be anything for us right now. So hopefully Klopp takes the shackles off of him. I, I, you know, he, I think he came out saying he might have brought him back a little too early. Uh, you know, Lana comes back with just his upper body just being massive. Like, what kind of diet did Klopp put you on over there? Um, so he's clearly <laughs> jamming at the bit to go, like wanting to play. And, and you can see, you know, he really wants to get out there. But especially with his age at where it is right now. I mean, you don't think Lalana's in the starting 11 moving forward. You know, I didn't think he was at the beginning of the season anyways, but he is a nice player to have in your squad and, and anything he brings right now is a plus. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, yeah. I think if Lalana comes back and he comes into form, uh, I, I do think that he becomes a vital part of this team, especially, uh, when we go into the next round of the Champions League and you need to play, you know, Lalana at the weekend in the in the Premier League game and then you need to, you know, rest your, your midfielders for the Champions League game because sure. that, that, that's a luxury that gives us, right? You can rest uh, Ox, you can rest uh, other folks uh, in that midfield. Uh, he just gives you another option in there and I think that's going to become crucial when we're trying uh, to push on on both fronts uh, towards the end of the season. Tidy enough. Joey, that is it for the news. Back to you. 
Jeff, love that. Love uh, talking about some topics that we that we don't always get to bring up and some some relevant topics as well. So thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate selecting those ones. Before we guys go ahead and get into our C index ratings and get into United game, speaking, you know, th- this United game is very, very important. And to kind of elaborate on that and how important this game is, as well as, you know, other uh, matches for the top four teams, five teams, you know, just this, this run-in for the top four right now is, is Brian Painter. Brian, please take it away, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you, Joey. Um, so obviously uh, with us beating Newcastle and the shambolic uh, effort by Crystal Palace uh, this afternoon that uh, saw United uh, get uh, squeak three points out and uh, go back in the second uh, I took some time and uh, looked at the remaining nine games of the season. Uh, we've all played 29 games, and if we can agree that Arsenal are pretty much dead and buried and City are pretty much going to win the league, that re- uh, that leaves <clears throat> four teams with three places uh, up for grabs for Champions League. That's United, Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea. With nine games to play, there's 27 possible points. United are on 62 points, uh, or 2.13 points per game to this point. They have us at the weekend, West Ham, Swansea, City, West Brom, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Brighton, and Watford. They need 14 points from 27, or 1.55 points per game, to get to that magical 76 points, which historically has proved uh, to be where fourth place in the Champions League uh, has has ended up. Uh, so that's where Arsenal usually finished uh, years ago. And um, I think what were we on? We were on 76 last year uh, and qualified for Champions League. Uh, in the in the corresponding fixtures, though, United uh, basically got 22 points. Uh, so they look like they're in the driver's seat uh, to finish second uh, with only needing 14 points to get to 76 points and the corresponding fixtures they got 22 points from. So they look like they're going to finish on 84 points if the if the results hold the way they did in the first half yeah, of the season. Yeah, and you think also like their game against Arsenal late in the year, Arsenal is going to be dead and buried by then, you know, if they aren't already. So they're going to be playing for nothing where United, it might be a, you know, sort of an important game for them. And you never know, Arsenal could potentially still be in the Europa, you know, if they, if they get and past they'd be AC people, Milan. Yeah. So, yeah, so it could just, that just could be a cakewalk, even though it, it would at the beginning of the season look like a tough fixture. It, it might be absolutely worthless now. Well, it's interesting because they're they're arguably on a worse run of form, and they are on a worse run of form than they were in the first half of the season. Uh, West Ham's going to need a win. Swansea's going to need a win. City could potentially win the league when they go to Old Trafford, that would be which awesome. Which that 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 might end up happening. So you know, City's going to be up for that game. West Brom obviously is hopeless. They're probably going down. Bournemouth is going to need a win, likely. Brighton and Watford will both potentially need wins. So Yeah, the bottom of the not, table is crazy right now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this run-in is going to be as easy as uh, as it was in the first half of the season, but realistically, United are in pole position. Then we move on to Liverpool. Uh, we're on 60 points. Uh, we've averaged 2.07 points per game. We've got United, Watford, Palace, Everton, Bournemouth, West Brom, Stoke, Chelsea, uh, and Brighton. 
and we need 16 points from those tw- from the 27 possible or 1.78 points per game. Our corresponding fixtures from the first half of the season netted us 19 points. Now we had five draws and four wins in those nine games, which on our current run of form doesn't look like we're going to do again. It looks like we're going to be significantly better than that, given uh, our run of form and the fact that, you know, we're winning games, uh, we're keeping clean sheets. uh, So we're in a much different position than we were in the first half of the season. I feel pretty confident that we'll do better than 19 points in 27 uh, 27 possible. But then again, even if we just get 19 points, that puts us on 79 points uh, in a likely Champions League spot, uh, barring something miraculous. Then we moved to Spurs, who are on 58 points, you know, around two points a game. They've got Bournemouth, Newcastle, Chelsea, Stoke, City, Brighton, Watford, West Brom, and Leicester, the last game of the season. They need 18 points from 27 or the nice round number of two points per game, which they've been doing to this point thus far. Uh, But what's interesting is Spurs in those corresponding fixtures from the first half of the season only gathered 14 points. So what's it'll be interesting to see how they do because if they only get 14 points, that puts them on 72. Yeah. And you you're leaving an opening there for Chelsea uh to come in and jump you and get that fourth spot. Now, Chelsea uh, <laughs> which I, I was surprised when I did the analysis, I couldn't believe that Spurs only got 14 points from those nine games. Uh, in those fixtures, yeah, they're would, on a run right now. Though they're they're yeah. looking really, really good this second half. Yeah, I just I was just surprised to see the results from those uh, those nine fixtures in the first half of the season. I it was kind of stunning. But uh, we move on to Chelsea, who are on fifty three points or one point eight two points per game. They've got Burnley, Palace, Spurs, West Ham, Southampton, Huddersfield, Swansea. Uh, they've got us the second to last of the game of the season and Newcastle. They need 23 points from 27 points or two and a half or 2.55 points per game. The points they garnered in the first half of the season and the corresponding fixtures were 16 points. So they're going to have to play out of their skin. And given the way they looked against city at the weekend, God, they were absolutely abject the entire match. Um, it was painful to watch. Uh, if they finish with 16 points, that'll put them on 69 points. And your top four will look like United with 84 in second place, Liverpool with 79 in third place, Spurs with 72 in uh, fourth place, and then Chelsea in Europa League spot uh, in fifth place with 69 points. So right now we're in the driver's seat and arguably uh, the big game against United at the weekend, even if we get a result against United uh, in my math, that will still put them finishing one point better than us on 82. um, And then uh, us on 81, given my math up here, because we tied them in the first half of the season. I gave uh, that's only a two point Delta from my analysis. So we're going to need a little bit more uh, help from United in those corresponding fixtures. But uh, again, we look like we're in prime spot to at least finish third, if not push higher into second. All right. So here's my question for you. Who would you want to take that fourth spot? Oh, Spurs, hundred percent. 
Really? I, I fucking hate Chelsea. <laughs> I get that, but here's, here's my opinion on that. Chelsea can just throw money at any anything, right? So Spurs, if, like, and, uh, I'm on the same train as you. Like, I'd much rather as a – first of all, as like a just a pure football viewing like for, for that reason and for seeing them in the Champions League, that style that they play, I'd much rather see them in the Champions League than Chelsea. But Chelsea can throw money at pretty much any problem they want to. And with their recent history of winning trophies in the past decade or so, they can still get those players to come in. Spurs, on yep. the other hand, they don't have that high of a wage bill. They really don't. Like, there's players like Toby who arguably want to leave, and if they don't, uh, if they don't make top four, that could potentially mean maybe that like could I, I know Kane has said he's wanted to stay, but you know they all say that. And then what if Real Madrid comes in saying, "Hey, we want Harry Kane." You never know. And if he's not in the Champions League, who knows? Deli Ali. You never know. Like, there's certain players that might not want to stay and, and, and might want to leave. And that also means it'd be harder for them to bring new quality players in, or at least harder yeah. than it would be if you're in the Champions League. So I know it sounds crazy, but I would much rather have Chelsea lock up that four spot than Spurs, especially moving forward, because they Spurs has a young squad. They have this style. They have this way of playing. And squad, I, I'd rather stop have that. This way of playing and I, I'd rather stop that. Well, you bring Joe. You, I didn't even think about it that way, but because if because if we're looking at the long term viability of top four finishes, top four is primary uh, next season win the league. But if we could make sure that we finish in the top four for the next couple seasons, by Arsenal are pretty much done and buried. I think they're just going to implode. Uh, they're going to throw a lot of money at the problem. They already have thrown a lot of money at the problem. I just don't. I don't see unless they get rid of Wenger and bring in somebody else that that's ever going to change. Brandon um, Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I did see that headline. I was like, Brandon oh boy. Rogers, Arsenal. He's on oh, his way to the way to <laughs> Even though um, the fans are praying for Simeone. Yeah, and he's not going to come. But right. But I could see Spurs completely imploding. Like Pochettino will go get a big job somewhere else. Potentially uh, Madrid, he could bring Kane maybe to Madrid if if they don't, you know, you never know. But that's my that's my that's that's a great shout on your part. Like I didn't even think about that because if Spurs don't make Champions League, Ali Kane Erickson, they're not sticking around. Yeah, they're not going to want to. It's exactly so. the Coutinho problem. Yep, not they're not sticking. Trophies, too much tenure for the star, rising value. I mean, Kane, that, that, Kane. that equals he's going. Yeah, but Kane might stay just because he's a local. Um, you never know. Also, see- like it's it's, but you also got to think of the wage bill. Like Arsenal can keep some of these players because they can throw three fifty a week at at Ozil to stay. Like they can, you know, there's yeah, there's players like Walcott was Walcott was on Walcott was on an insane wage before he he left. Um, like he he's probably was one of like if you were hypothetically on Tottenham, he'd be one of their highest earners. And they never play like Debushi. Like they have all these players that they don't ever play who are on these high wages. You know, yep. London can only get you so far. Like, yes, it is a huge advantage. Don't get me wrong, but like with the with their wage bill and and you know if 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 they don't make Champions League, you know, uh, it, it could be a huge blow to them. Yeah. It, well, I, it, I think I the also, London advantage, for what it's worth, is overblown. You guys, ever I been don't. there? Like at rush hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have been many times, um, but Jeff, I. I, I think I think there's a a certain 
added benefit to it. Like if all things are equal and you wanted to live in the Northwest versus London, you'd live in London. Let's be honest. Um, I, if, I all thi- if all things are equal, disagree. if all things are equal, but they're not. I mean that that traffic is murder. It's it, it's <laughs> not, a tax not, just to drive a car. It, yeah, that's how you, bad the traffic is. It's on the opposite but, side of the road too, so I'd be screwed. Yeah, but do you really do you really think uh, anybody in that office is driving a car, man? They're all getting chauffeured. So, but anyways, yeah. who traffic is not the deciding factor in this situation. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if you were getting the same money in both places and you didn't have an emotional attachment to anything and you just had to make an objective decision. London has a certain cachet for uh, kids in their early 20s who want to play at a top side. Sure. But point, point taken. You know, like, I mean, <clears throat> would I prefer it? No, but I'm not in my 20s, you know, with, you know, millions of dollars either. So um, it's a different scenario. I think, I think Joy brings up a good point, though. I think if they don't get Champions League with the new stadium open, they're going to have to pay for that new stadium, and without the Champions League money, they're yep. not going to be able to afford the wages so, yeah. next season. So they're going to have to do something because Spurs don't have the money to to just float around like um, like Arsenal did. And you just feel they're they on this it. run right now, not just on the pitch, but just like you said, their stadium, like the way things are going. You just you want to halt that as much as possible right now. Solid point, Joey. You win. I want Spurs to go in the fifth, but still finish above <laughs> yeah. Arsenal. So yeah, but and, still finish above Chelsea. Hard. You know Chelsea. Much respect, Joey, but I don't think Abramovich is spending the money like he used to. And you've got the whole transition that's coming. But that's Conte's exactly that why he, you don't want them in top four because they're gonna have a new manager. He can coming spend in. with a new manager, is what you're saying. No, I mean, like, listen, with all the like that club they will is spend just on toxic right now. What's going on over there for whatever reason? Like, he's not even starting his second best defender in David Luiz right now. Um, you know, he's, well, he didn't. He didn't start. He didn't start either. Striker against. He didn't start Giroud yeah, or Murata yeah. against against fucking City. Like what? <laughs> he, yeah, he, he played um, Eden Hazard. He played Hazard as a false nine. Um, and you know, yeah, it's just like whatever's going on over there is is ridiculous right now. So like, let's just say they you know squeak into that fourth spot somehow. He could be gone. The, lots of players could be gone. New players coming in takes a while to transition. Like that yeah. would be the ideal situation is Chelsea getting fourth. You know, it would be City, Liverpool, uh, Spurs. I mean, United. It, it would be great. Uh, obviously, if they fell out, it'd be great. But it looks like they're getting a top four spot. So, however that shapes up, just if if uh, if Spurs don't get a top four spot and Chelsea do, I mean, that could be really good for Liverpool going into next year, feeling like you know they are one of the two or three best teams in the league and should be challenging for the title. Yeah, I just I mean I I just look at the gap right now in the corresponding fixtures and the fact that Spurs are on a good run of form. Chelsea look like they're completely checked out. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I don't I mean, listen, I, I I totally bought into your point now, so I want Chelsea to finish above Spurs. <laughs> a lot of it though, a lot of it depends on, you know, tomorrow's and Wednesday's results in the Champions League, you know. Hey, I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, huge, huge games for both those clubs. Yeah, totally. This is exciting. Other, other than the fact that City, you know, locked it up, the the race for top four and the way the, to see how the relegation battle ends up, it, it's a really exciting end of the season. So, really looking forward to that. Thank you, Painter, very much for yeah for putting some perspective into this run that we got going until the end of the season. 
and one of those games that is going to be crucial um, and, and could just completely alter the way that things are looking here is the United game this weekend. You know, it's at Old Trafford, um, and we're going to get into that. But tease again just before we do. Gentlemen, seed index ratings. Let's get that before we get into the United game. Jeff, what do you got for me? Oh, that's easy. Painter's Pod. You, you got to give it a listen. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's it's a party. It's analysis. I mean, you learn. That's how it should be but, after a Liverpool game, but, right? But the girls are having fun and everybody's doing shots. It's fantastic. Give it a listen. <laughs> um, and my my negative was Crystal Palace has got not just one but two injured sackos. How funny is that? <laughs> <laughs> that they do, that they do, and that—that's exactly why we sold Sacco because he can't stay healthy. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. Much, much respect to Tyler, but he's flat wrong. <laughs> Sacco, uh, missed a lot. Still, I don't care. Painter, what do you got, man? Uh, I'm going to start with my negative seat index, and it has to be um, David Astoria from Fiorentina oh, and his, his yeah. tragic passing. Uh, I, you know, sleep, right? yeah, in the sleep, uh, he had a heart attack um, uh, or cardiac arrest uh, is what they're saying at 31 years old. Uh, I just it's just really bad. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate. He was their captain. Uh, new dad he, as of. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no, he, he has a two year old and he has a girlfriend. Uh, I just was doing some reading up on it. And I don't know if he was due a second. Uh, a second was, shot, was he? Um, but Fiorentina um, and my positive seed index. Yeah, there you go, tied in. Is yep, is uh, is Fiorentina? Uh, he was about to sign a new contract. Fiorentina is going to honor that contract and pay it to uh, his uh, his wife and uh, his or his girlfriend and his kids. Uh, wow. Uh, for the remainder of the deal that they were about to sign. So hats off to That's Fiorentina. That's incredible positive. That's like yeah. the pod. So, yeah, so positive seed index has to go to the club in Fiorentina. Um, just a massive, massive uh, job well done there. I I was blown away when they said they were going to do that. So hats off to them, uh, both the negative and the positive uh, in that situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, brilliant. Well, well done. Um, it's obviously super sad story anytime you hear that, anyone who's – you know, definitely way before their time and kind of, you know, curious to see what, what comes out of this and, and what exactly was the, was the reason behind it. You know, sad, sad that it happens, but to your, to your point, it, uh, to tie it all in together with the positive, it was a beautiful move by them and, um, you know, all the best to his family. Uh, gentlemen, my, oh, all right, I'll get out. Let's see the positive positive would be curious. Uh, just looking excellent. Looking like yep. the goalkeeper that we thought that when we bought him, what he would be. Um, excuse me, mistake. Second world class save in successive weeks. Oh yeah, and excuse me for for not quoting these stats properly. I'm, I'm sure it's from somebody um, over at AI, whether it's uh, Kenneth or Brundish or um, I'm somebody over there. I just I don't remember where I saw this. I just have it written down that Carries has nine saves with the one goal lead, five with the score tied. One while trailing by a goal, and two with a lead of two or more goals. So that's 16 of his last 18 saves are with the result in balance. That's just, I mean, it's exactly what we need, and it's tough when a keeper 
you know, when Liverpool have the ball for long stretches and the keeper has to stay in the game, and I think a lot of his sweeper keeping allows him to do so, so he can come out for a ball, feel like he's involved, and stay alert. But, I mean, the, you know, that stretch that we had with Mignolet where it was like he's let like 10 of his last – 12 shots in or something like that. Like he would just, his save percentage was brutal. And I think Karius's save percentage is now up like right at the top of the league after he's gotten a, a run of games. So not, not just that he's saving them, but that they're crucial saves that he's been having. So um, huge positive right there for Karius. And my negative was we already spoke about it. So no need to really go into it a little bit more, but it was just if Klopp does in fact rest or, or if, if Klopp does in fact start pretty much the same starting 11 against Porto, then um, with the exception of maybe one or two changes, I just I don't see why that is being done and why it's necessary. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe, you know, he he makes two or three changes, but also uses two or three subs of, of those non-starters, maybe some new faces at like 60 and 70 minutes. So we'll, we'll see how it all shapes up. But um, that would be my negative if it, if it stuck that way. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, gentlemen. We... Uh, we're going to be playing our biggest rival. Um, sorry, Everton. Um, <laughs> don't think there's any questions with that. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, at, it's at Old Trafford. Uh, Jeff, I actually think that this might play in our favor a little bit just because, yeah, yeah it is a high-pressure game, and obviously you love playing at home at Anfield, but I feel like there's just – there's something proper about this where they're going to want to just murder them at, at Old Trafford, especially with the way that we've been playing and, and hopefully just wipe that grin off their face after the, that late winner that they had with Matic today, which was absolute horse shit. Can't believe Palace let them score three unanswered. But anyways, they're going to be on a high. Hopefully we come into Old Trafford and just smash them at home. And, you know, an early goal, Jeff, would be amazing just to, to keep the fans quiet out there. Yeah, how about breaking the streak of draws? Three successive draws in the series. I mean, someone has got to win this game. No more draws. No more pack, park the bus and lack of creativity breaking it down. I think Liverpool have had some good practice with Rafa and his boys coming to town last week and tidy business win there. And obviously this dismantling of West Ham a couple weeks ago. I think he's in the perfect position, sides in the perfect position, perfect form. To actually get a result at Old Trafford, as elusive as they may be, I think we've got the attack for it. We'll have rested players. United is constrained because they've got Sevilla at the weekend or within a couple days. So who knows what their side will be in terms of strength. Um, but I, with Klopp's focus, with the form of the players, I, without a doubt, like our like our midfield, I mean, we, we give up to Matic and and uh, Pogba, of course. But I think, you know, the way we're playing going forward, front three fed by the midfield, Oxlade-Chamberlain, the way he's playing, Milner, if he makes it on the pitch, it's an important match. I would expect to see him. And then you have Jean in the middle. Like, I think we can do, do some damage, at least enough to eke out a goal advantage for a win, take three points. Yeah, let's hope so. Painter, they're going to be on a high after that win, and, and they're going to feel like they – deserve to be beating Liverpool with where they're at in the table. So I don't think they'll be lacking necessarily any confidence going into the game, even with the way that Jose has been playing. But I mean, that, that defense can be had, you know, they, they, they do sit back, but if, 
if at home, which could play into our favor because they might have to feel like they have to come and attack a little bit more, which plays in our favor. Uh, I mean, what do you see happening here? Today papered over the cracks for United. Like, yeah. they, <clears throat> they're they going to – this this result basically means Josie can come and play for uh, a score, a uh, draw, or a draw in general. He doesn't have to come out. He's not going to have to press because if it ends up a draw, he's still in second place ahead of Liverpool. So – he can come play for a draw, and I think that's exactly what he's going to do. If he would have lost today and Liverpool would have been ahead of him in the table, he would have probably had to come and play a little bit more. I think the defense uh, for them, it was interesting to see his substitutions today because he subbed both Valencia uh, and Ashley Young. And he subbed them on about 60, and he put in uh, Mata and Shaw for yeah. – uh, and it almost made me think when I saw him making the substitutions – is he trying to give Valencia and Young extra rest to go against Mane and Salah and Firmino? I, I don't know, but that was just going through my brain because they're going to need it uh, when they come up against uh, the high octane offense. I I think we're going to, yeah, I, I, it, it was weird that he subbed them on like 65. I mean, it's not, you don't sub both of your outside fullbacks most games at all, right? Let alone both of them yeah. in the same game on 65, right? So he did the double change with them. I, I just think that I, I think he's going to be overmatched in midfield. Um, I know Pogba, he looked awful today. I, you know, I, I know he's a, he's a, uh, you know, quality player. He's a star player, but man, he has not been playing well this season. And Matic, I know he had a screamer today uh, to win the game. But he is just slow and lethargic. I just think that we're just going to overrun him in midfield. I think we're going to do him, and I think we're going to do him handily. I don't even think <laughs> it's going to be close. Uh, I just think that we've got too much for him. We're playing too well right now, and they're going to want to come and put a number on him. That's my take on it. Yeah, so against Palace, they started De Gea, Valencia, Smalling, Lindelof, Young, Matic behind Pogba and McTominay, Sanchez, Lukaku, and Lingard. Against Chelsea, they played the exact same lineup except Lingard was out for Martial. I think Martial is going to start against Liverpool. Uh, I think he gives us problems. I think he, you know, I think, it, I don't know, was it Trent's first game that he gave him some issues? It was one of Trent's very first couple of games, it must have been, if not his first game. Um, you know, Sanchez is, has not been great since coming to them, but Lukaku's been on a good run of form lately. I'm just, I'm wondering, you never know with, you think you know with Jose that he's going to sit back, but it's just a big game at home. And I don't know. I feel like they might be trying to come at us a bit, which will work. I don't think, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think he'll sit in because he's scared shitless about us tearing them a new asshole in the back line. It, you know, he, he's got Lindelof back there. Lindelof was getting abused. Um, as well as most of their defense was getting abused by, Palace's like third string. Andre Townsend was running the show uh, against them yeah. for for a good part part of the game. I, I don't I don't see why he would even think that he's going to be able to contain those three up front for for Liverpool if with that with that back line. Yeah, and if I he sits know, back, I, you know, he's got again Matic, Pogba, and McTominay, and you know, 
if he starts Martial, Lukaku, and Sanchez, neither of those three players want to get back on def- on defense. You know, they're not they're not going to run back and track back, so they're going to be up the pitch, leaving some space in between there. So, I mean, I'm really hoping we can have their midfield. If Pogba continues to have not the, the greatest run of form, and Matic, like you said, is just so slow. If if he starts McTominay, he's such a young player, and, and what would be such a big game. And then you look at that center back pairing. You feel like they've had. A lot of different pairings going on, and listen, I'm really happy Baye's injured because he's a great center back. Lindelof had a crap start to the season, but now he's playing and coming on a bit, um, even though they, you know, they let in two today. And Smalling can be had. You know, he had a he had a goal today, but that's not a good center back pairing. And Young's not a left back. You know, Valencia is a solid right back, but they're the outside backs basically are just there for pace. I mean, if if De Gea doesn't have his typical heroics this game. If, if we can, you know, get an early one past them and, and get them shaken and have to come out. I mean, I agree with you, Painter. You know, we, we could run the show here and put, you know, three, maybe even four in the back of the net. But I think that depends on that early goal because if we don't, if we don't score in the first half, it could be one of those really frustrating games where it just it goes to the end and it ends in maybe a, a nil-nil or a 1-1 draw. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm interested to see Lukaku versus Van Dyke. I think that's going to be one hell of a physical matchup. Yeah, Van Dyke had him in his pocket. I remember when Southampton played Everton, um, but that, that's going to be a great, great matchup because they're, I, but they're I don't, both in I don't, form. Yeah, I don't think Lukaku will play on Van Dyke though. I think he'll go sit on Lovren. But that's who's handled him. Yeah, I mean well. Lovren's been very didn't done very well against him as well. I mean, let's be honest. The only game he's ever played well against the top six side has been Chelsea in the last uh, couple games ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's been pretty much about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope we smash them and just don't have to, you know, it'd be, it'd be just, I would love just to see a big win at Old Trafford. They would be such a, such a huge statement game and would continue our confidence. And, I mean, it just, God, it, it would be amazing. So, you know, having said that, I, I hope he doesn't start Mata. Mata actually a pretty class player. I, I'd rather not see him in the starting lineup. I'd rather see Lingard in the starting lineup than Martial. Mo would much rather see Lingard in the starting lineup. Sanchez hasn't been great either. So, you know, if he sticks with the the lineup that he had today against Palace, I, I wouldn't be the most upset. Um, but you never know. You never know what Jose is going to do. Could even start Luke Shaw. You, you know, who who knows? But um, please. Yeah, right. It would it would be nice because uh, he feels like you know. Just I can't believe Ashley Young is Manchester United's starting left back. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh, especially when he, we I remember wanting him to come to Liverpool when it was between him and Stuart Downing just years ago. And just look at where both those players are now. So it's it's kind of funny. But um, anyways, gentlemen, score predictions. What do you got for me, Jeff? I'm kind of feeling the love. You know, I was at first thinking at least. Single goal advantage, we walk away, you know, run out of Old Trafford with three points. But I'm building confidence here with Painter's pep-up speech. Strong arguments here. Uh, I'm, I'm going for a 3-1 result. I mean, something will happen. Penalty will happen. We'll leak a goal. Yeah, the ref's going to be huge. Keep... Yeah, right. Of course the ref's going to be huge, and you can bet it's going to go against Liverpool. But I'm expecting at least one of those. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some calls, even though it's at Old Trafford, especially with that blown call on Salah last game, Painter. 
you know, these are always tough affairs, and it depends. I think Josie's going to come out and set him up tight. Uh, I think it's going to be, <clears throat> dare I say, another 2-0 win. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be, uh, what, three in the last, what, five games or something? After we didn't have one in a year. <laughs> crazy. I'm, going, I'm going another 2-0 win. Uh, I think our boys up front are just too much to handle for them, and I just think – you know, going forward, they've got some threats and, and whatnot, but I just think our midfield's going to run the show. Let's hope so. Let's hope Emery just takes charge back there and, and dominates. Um, and, and I think Genie, I know it's away from home, but I think he could be crucial as well if it's Chan, Genie, and Emery. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate seeing. But that. he's all, he plays well away from home. He just doesn't score any goddamn goals. Like it's yeah. not like. It's not like he's played bad away from home in these big games. He always plays well in these big games. He just doesn't score any goals, and I think that's the that's the only thing missing for me for Genie. What if he would change it? Genie hat trick? You calling it? And you got two zero. <laughs> Let's say Genie brace in that two zero. There you go. There Genie brace Genie. in the two zero. There it is. Genie and Van Dyke. How about that? There you go. <laughs> well, the thre- <laughs> the threats for United would be what Lukaku on fourteen Premier League goals, and he's actually got six assists. Martial's got nine goals. Lingard eight goals. Pogba's got nine assists. Uh, a couple of those are shit, but um, and and how about this? Save for Lovren, United really haven't faced our defense at all. Our back line, our keeper, any of these guys play in the recent series? No, like. It could be bigger advantage than we think. Yeah, it's de- especially with Robertson. I mean, it's definitely a, a, a different back five. And the, I, you feel like this is a, a game that Robertson will excel in. And, uh, you know, excel in. I think like, Robertson was made to play in these types of games. So, you know, mention the the guys on United, but then you go to our boys. And in the Premier League, Salah's on 24 goals, 8 assists. Firmino, 13 goals, 7 assists. And Mane, 8 goals, 5 assists. I mean, let the boys go do work and uh, get a victory. I'm... I'm <laughs> I don't know. Two two zero just sounds so weird. I want to go with you, but it just it's it still just sounds so weird. Go higher. Um, it, it, let's let's it's just better go, if you go higher. Let's just say they just thrash him. Let's let's go five nil. Yeah, five nil. Five nil. I'm down for it. A couple early goals and just it's just you know done from there. Just completely thrash him at Old Trafford. Make it a statement game. And then Liverpool go on to uh, inevitably win the league when Manchester City lose the rest of their remaining <laughs> fixtures. So, um, brilliant, positive gentlemen. joy. Glad so to nice have to you see on you. again. It's it's weird having all this positivity around the club right now. So <laughs> trying to get used to it, but uh, um, we'll continue on. I'm looking forward to see where Brendan Rodgers ends up, whether it's at uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, you know, Tottenham if Poch leaves. So. Brendan Rodgers, there we go. That's a funny topic of this week and, and hopefully one that won't quit because now it's weird seeing fans who thrashed before who want him. So pretty funny. But, gentlemen, <laughs> let's get your uh, your Twitter handles, please, Jeffrey. Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. And Painter. Uh, Brian underscore Painter, uh, and that's Brian with a Y. You can find us at Talk on FP. I am Joey. You can find me at Jay Vishney. And, gentlemen – Positive news, positive vibes. Let's keep it rolling. Let's get another big victory tomorrow uh, against Porto, head into the the next round of the Champions League, and then sweep it up with a big win at Old Trafford. What do you say, gents? Talk on. Talk on. Talk on, brother.